0: Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Colby Cast, your place for community and conversation about pop culture and storytelling. Caleb is out adulting right now, so Luke and I are going to discuss the latest episode of She-Hulk. I'm going to pick Luke's brain about my newest obsession, House of the Dragon, and we're going to do something a little bit different to finish off the episode. Hello, Luke. Hi. So, it's Labor Day weekend, and uh, this episode is going to drop on Saturday of Labor Day weekend, And we have a couple of traditions uh, in our household for Labor Day weekend. One of them has been going on for a long, long time, and that's that we are always constantly exhausted because we're running around a hockey tournament uh, this weekend, basically starting on Thursday and going hard through Monday, either playing in hockey games or coaching hockey games. Um, I have retired for the third time of coaching, so I don't have to worry about that, but you uh, have coached how many games in the last uh, 24 hours?
1: I think four, which might sound like a lot, but I expect it to be doing more. <laughs> <laughs> and these are age ranges of kids from, what, uh, 8 to 15-ish? Yeah, I, 9 to 14 mainly. And there are others that are even older that I could be, but I just haven't had the chance to.
0: Well, and uh, have you had have you been having fun?
1: Yeah, yeah, it's been fun. It's uh I've definitely been carrying your load while you've been out, so.
0: Oh, no, no, I'm not feeling any guilt, not at all. Uh but I do think that we should probably record another episode on Monday night just so that we can hear the difference in your voice because it's going to be torched.
1: Yeah, one of the other traditions is completely losing your voice, which I'm already doing a little bit. And the weekend hasn't even started, so that's nice. But another tradition is getting sick, and I I feel good so far. So we'll see if that tradition holds true.
0: Well, let's hope that that second one, uh, that tradition ends. But, yeah, usually people come home with the sniffles, and nowadays in this COVID age, uh, thankfully everybody's taking precautions and doing what they need to do to stay safe. Um, so... Uh, I'm hoping that that, that is uh, something that does not have to continue as far as coming home with the sniffles or something like that. The other tradition, though, is uh, on Labor Day is that we get to take care of and hang out with our goddaughter, Harley, who is six years old, uh, who is currently zonked out and asleep because, you know, whenever she hangs out with us, we she always has a lot of fun. So uh, we will be taking her to go watch one of your hockey games pretty soon here, and she always loves watching either Luke playing or Luke coaching. And she'll even look at the, at the goalies and start saying Caleb uh, because she thinks that all goalies are Caleb. So, um, yeah, we get to hang out with Harley this weekend, and uh, we're thrilled about that. Um, unfortunately, you haven't gotten to see her yet, have you?
1: No, I just saw her while she was sleeping, and she looked very comfortable, and I'm a little jealous.
0: <laughs> well we'll uh, we'll get you to go to sleep here pretty soon just don't fall asleep during the recording if you do I may have to like nudge you or something
1: yeah I should be fine I've got my drink
0: right here I'm good good deal uh, all right well as we said Caleb is out adulting he's actually on a business trip uh, which I don't know how that's supposed to happen how is that sp- how that is happening on a Labor Day weekend but uh, we hope that he is doing well and uh, we'll get him back up and running and talking about some nerd stuff here pretty soon yeah.
1: Nerd, he has a job. Nerd. <laughs> Before we get to
0: She Hulk, though, I was wondering, uh, did you see that Ryan Johnson had um, an interview in Empire magazine, which is a movie magazine, and I guess he's starting to do press and stuff for the new Knives Out sequel that he has coming out in uh, in on Netflix. So of course, whenever Ryan Johnson does any kind of interviews they usually ask him about The Last Jedi. And did you see anything on Twitter about this? Uh, these
1: interviews? I did, and I'm proud of my boy for standing up for himself. Yeah, yeah, I liked a couple of the two big points or two big takeaways from a
0: couple of the different articles that I read uh, were that, number one, he is even more proud now of The Last Jedi five years after the fact, and secondly, that he uh, is still planning on doing his Star Wars trilogy that was announced the year that Last Jedi came out. Uh, So that's fantastic because we here all love The Last Jedi. I think we've talked about it before. It's my personal favorite Star Wars movie. Uh, I think it's a masterpiece for so many reasons. One of these days we should just do a, an episode just on The Last Jedi because that, that's like an evergreen movie in my opinion. Um, but what about you? What, you? what do you think about The Last Jedi and about some of the things that
1: Ryan Johnson talked about in the interview? I love The Last Jedi. I actually got an argument with a couple of my buddies a couple of days ago about it. And I, I'll, I will stand by this. The Last Jedi is the most cinematic and most well-written movie in Star Wars, in my opinion. The the storytelling in it and the, the twists and turns in it are something that we don't really see in Star Wars outside of, like, Darth Vader being Luke's father. Yeah. Right? Because the prequels weren't really full of many surprises. And seeing luke skywalker in that state i think a lot of people weren't ready for it because they expected this is the first time we're seeing mark hamill since what 1980 something yeah Mm -hmm. and they were i think they expected to see this godlike figure moving mountains with his mind and it's not what you got and just because it wasn't what you expected doesn't mean it wasn't wasn't good in my opinion but i just I have a hard time enjoying movies sometimes because... and shows because I can see the plot coming from a mile away. Like I know exactly what's going to happen because a lot of movies follow the same the same roadmap. But The Last Jedi, I had no idea what was going to happen the entire movie. And the whole time I was just enjoying the ride and every time something happened it just blew my mind over and over. That... in Watching that movie was the most fun I've had watching a movie. And more than Infinity War or Endgame, I enjoyed watching that movie so much. And its I still think it's the best Star Wars solo movie. Mm-hmm. It, this The sequel trilogy might not be the best trilogy, but that movie stand-alone I think is the best Star Wars movie.
0: Well, I'd love to hear... The high praise coming from you because obviously I'm a huge fan of it too. I'm you. You talk about the visual aspect of it, and I agree. The the just the visuals of the film. Uh, I'm thinking about like the throne room scene where um, Kylo Ren and, and Ray uh, take on that the guard after Snoke dies and the battle on crate uh, and the. Um, when Holdo takes out the Dreadnought, or no, not the Dreadnought, but that massive, Snoke's massive ship, uh, just the the moments of stunning visual storytelling is just one tiny aspect of it. And, you know, I've said it before, and I'll say it again, I don't really watch the movie that much, and it's not because I don't enjoy it. I do enjoy it, obviously. Um, It's because I can't take my eyes off of it. When I'm watching that movie, it's not an easy watch. It's something I want to watch And almost like I'm in the theater again for the first time. And I remember walking out of that theater so confused, but in the best way possible. Not confused because I didn't understand something or because I didn't like something, but because I was wondering, how in the world is this going to go from here? Where is it going to go from here? We just walked out of the second in a trilogy, and it almost felt like it could have been the end of a trilogy, the way that Ryan Johnson put that button scene on with the little boy And the broom, Uh, and you know, obviously the stories continued for the characters, but it felt so complete when we walked out of that theater. It just felt so complete. So uh, I'm thrilled to hear Ryan Johnson talk about it again. It's still to this day the only movie I've ever watched with the director's commentary. I typically don't watch that kind of stuff, but i I had to hear what he had to say about the movie uh, while the movie was going on. So if, if you have access to that, that's definitely worth a watch. Um, but then the other thing that he said in the, in the interviews that I brought up that I really was happy to hear was that he still meets with Kathleen Kennedy regularly and that it's his understanding that his trilogy is still going to happen. Um, He's just busy making Knives Out movies, which are fantastic. And I I believe he's got another one that he's still supposed to make after Glass Onion comes out. So his trilogy is definitely not something that's going to be here quickly, but um, it's going to get here at some point. At least it is at this point. And and I love to hear what he had to say about being able to still meet with Kathleen Kennedy. And he said these words that he would be heartbroken if he was done with Star Wars. And... That says a lot, right? I mean, this is somebody that's committed that he loves the franchise and he loves the ability to play in this sandbox. So looking forward to that. Um, one other thing I wanted to ask you about, because it's sort of a timely topic before we get to She-Hulk, is the the new show on Amazon, The Rings of Power. Uh, this is the Lord of the Rings, tr- basically prequel stories. I don't know how long before the Lord of the Rings stories um this is supposed to take place but two episodes debuted uh they came out on Friday the 2nd of September and they're beefy i have not watched them they are beefy episodes though i looked at the runtime and they're over 60 minutes each so we're looking at 2 hours of lord of the rings stories or at least the the rings of power stories and there's a lot of buzz going on around it so i was going to ask you um is this on your radar at all is this something that you're going to watch or get to at some point is it something that is interesting to you
1: yeah i mean i like the lord of the Rings stuff i like the movies and everything and i even watch like the hobbit movies and stuff and i like stories like that but i think it's going to be competing with game of thrones even though it might not be the same they're definitely similar and they're sort of a medieval and there's Aspect of royalty and you know creatures political and drama. political drama, yeah, of course. And so I, I think i might get beat out a little bit, and I th- I think it'll be good. Amazon Prime has been doing really well with the stuff that they've been putting out. Um, but I don't know. It, it's going to depend because if there are if there's a lot of competition out there, I don't know if I'm gonna have the time to get around to it because uh, when I allocate time to watch shows. I'm probably not going to give a new show a shot unless it's something that I've been really interested in.
0: Well, if you do ever watch it, I I think I may have to pull rank here and forbid you from watching it on your little tiny phone screen because this is something that I I don't know. I'm not super hyped about it, but it is intriguing to me, and I think it might be a good alternative to House of the Dragon because it's going to be, I would assume, it's going to be um, more family friendly. Because House of the Dragon is not. So this is a nice uh, fantasy type of show in the fantasy draw, uh, genre that a whole family could probably watch. Now if, if, if there's things in there that I'm not aware about, I, I'm, I apologize. <laughs> but I do think it is going to be more family friendly. So that might be a good aspect for it um but i'm like you too I, I don't know you know everybody there's only 24 hours in a day and uh and i might i might watch it just to give it a shot and see i'm very happy that uh I, it's not going to be like released all at once so i I, I wouldn't feel the pressure to binge it especially if there's going to be 8 or 10 episodes i don't know how long it's going to be but if there's going to be eight or ten episodes of hour-long episodes, that would be a huge commitment. That Stranger Things-level commitment. And Stranger Things is really the only thing I binge. Everything else of the weekly releases, I, I am much more a fan of the weekly releases. Um, so we'll see. Uh, we, we may circle back uh, to it. We we are going to talk about, a little bit about House of the Dragon tonight. But I want to get to She-Hulk um, because the newest uh, episode, episode three, came out. And can I tell you? Here's my hot take for you, Luke This was my favorite episode of She-Hulk so far I, I love this show more and more every single week And I'm going first with my thoughts Because I think I sort of already know what your thoughts are So I'm going to set the tone And then I want to hear what you have to say But this show, for the for one reason and one reason only is Is so much fun to me And that it's because it makes me laugh and it makes me laugh a lot. Uh, and this episode was no exception. So the, the this episode three, um, simply put, in my opinion, this show, there's nothing else like She-Hulk in the MCU. I look at this as something that's fresh. It's refreshing. It's funny. It's carefree. It's silly. Um, I, I mean, to the point where I, I might be getting ahead of myself a little bit here because I do want to hear your thoughts, but... Uh, It's satire. It it mocks things openly. And I'm really enjoying that aspect of it. And that's not even getting into the whole Marvel aspect, MCU. It also ties the whole universe in together and references it, I think, in a way that no other show has or no other movie has. Uh, Because movies tend to be very specific, right, to the characters that are in them. Uh, Even the big team-up movies like the Avengers movies, Civil War, Ragnarok had multiple Avengers in it. It was still pretty self-contained. They were informed by other movies. But this is a half-hour comedy that lives in this world. And I think it does such a wonderful job of making it feel like it fits right in that world while mocking things in a funny way providing satire uh but i'm gonna stop myself there so i can hear what you have to say about episode three of she-hulk um that came out this week
1: i don't know what it is about it i can't put my finger on one thing but it's just not doing it for me i don't know if it's the cgi because it doesn't look good there are there are some scenes like when she walked in her office at the beginning of it I was like oh my god that does not look good really i i mean her hair doesn't look very good your hair looks like fake and you know she's not like she doesn't have any details in her skin or anything it's just green um but that and i i could get over that if that was if it was like a really good show mm-hmm. and it was just like oh that's just one part but the jokes aren't really doing it for me don't get me wrong, I like making fun of the man, and <laughs> I love commentary on society and stuff. But, you know, it's just... The Boys is pretty much completely con- um, commentary on society. Mm-hmm. Like, their um, they're evil corporation that owns superheroes called Vought, and it's pretty much just like Amazon, mm-hmm. where they just... They own everything. You can go to a Vought su- uh, supermarket, you go to a Vought mall, you get a Vought phone, right? Everything. And the the commentary in that is... Obviously, the, the tone is very different in that show. But I just didn't really like how they were making the commentary because it sort of felt like, oh, you're making fun of like mainstream media and stuff, but you are mainstream media like it's it's the man making fun of the man it's Disney making fun of Disney it's Marvel making fun of like people who are like super into like cheap cinema and stuff and that's what I sort of feel like She-Hulk is and I I, (laughs) the scene where they were just switching between newscasters talking about her I was like yeah this is this is a, a real thing they they really wrote it. Somebody wrote it and then somebody read it and said, Yep, looks good. And passed it on. Another person said, Yep, looks good. Then the actors did it and everyone was like, Yep, looks good. And then they produced it and they said, Yep, looks good. And then they edited it and said, Yep, looks good. And then they produced it. And that was a mistake, in my opinion. But what is it? But what's a mistake about
0: it? So see I, I I thought that was hilarious I, I think that they hit the nail on the head with what they're trying to do there which was I don't know if it's I'll, I'll be honest I love things that are set in Los Angeles right we we are a family that lives in Southern California and we drive on the freeways and we watch the nightly news and we see you know the you know different news organizations Twitter accounts or Instagram stories and to me it was all you know when they did that right in this episode when they went through sort of that sizzle reel of news stuff it was it was so on the nose that that's what made me laugh about it because it was so right on right with just the way that they were talking the words that they were using uh, and I just I just thought it was it's it's satire. It's it's mocking that, it's lampooning big city life and modern technology in an MCU lens. And I think that that's very funny. So it just it doesn't resonate with you?
1: I would think that it would be hilarious if the tone of the show was different. Like if if a show that were more serious or a little bit more gritty where something like that is like totally off the wall. And you're like, oh my god, why are they actually doing like this? Like in the boys, spoilers, but there's a character who's like super dark and he never speaks, and he's like he's like snake eyes, right? Okay. Never shows his face, never speaks. But he has little animated creatures that follow him around and talk to him in his head. Okay. And it's just so strange, but it's funny. But it in She-Hulk, it's like making fun of corny, cringy, that sort of side of the stuff. But then they have Megan the Stallion going ah <laughs> right? Like that to me, those two things are in the same genre and it's making fun of it's not trying to make fun of itself, but to me it's making fun of itself.
0: I think I so I I, I appreciate your comments and I respect your opinion, first and foremost. And I think that you had a few words that that sort of led me to some understanding uh one one of the words was serious, another one was gritty uh and then what you just said right now about Megan the stallion, I have no idea who Megan the stallion is. I respect Mrs. the stallion, and I think she works probably very hard to accomplish what she's accomplished I mean she's on a marvel. Studios produce television shows, so good, good for her. Um, but I don't. I mean, I recognize the song at the end. I, I've, I know I've heard that song before, uh, but I don't. I don't know much more about her than the fact that she was in this show. But one thing that I think you said that m- something clicked in my brain was that I don't think you like the fact that it's making fun of things while being that thing.
1: Yeah. That- That's exactly what it is, because, like, Hawkeye made fun of, like, a lot of the MCU stuff, right? Like, with the whole, um, like, so do you just pick up your arrows or whatever Mm -hmm. during it, right? And then even during the, uh, like, the musical and everything, (laughs) Rogers Musical, we always somehow find a way to bring it back.
0: It, will know, it It should be a goal of ours just to mention Rogers the musical in every Colby cast
1: episode it's a cornerstone p- piece of this podcast and we can't forget our roots that's true um, but like that made fun of Hawkeye made fun of that stuff mm-hmm. but it wasn't that right and so I just I, it's like it's not trying to make fun of itself the way you know I think Thor made fun of itself. It's trying to make fun of like pop culture, while being, being culture. the most pop culture product I think Marvel has ever produced.
0: I think it. I think it makes sense. I understand where you're coming from, and that's the beauty of of differing opinions because I don't feel the same way. I'm enjoying the fact that it's doing what it's doing while being what it is but I see what your point is and I, and I respect that. Uh, and I think that it's interesting. I think it's an interesting take, but it also goes back to something we touched on in our last She-Hulk episode, which was, this really isn't your style. You have a, you have um, sort of a a wheelhouse of things that you enjoy and it does tend to lean more towards the serious and, the, um, uh, gritty, uh, or the edgy, right. Um, uh, you, But I do know you like cringe comedy, but I don't think that this really is cringe comedy. It may be, in your opinion, in some ways it's cringey, but I don't think it's cringe comedy like The, like the Office is cringe comedy, right? Like they write episodes to make you – or they wrote episodes to make you cringe. I think She-Hulk is writing episodes to make you laugh while they make fun of things that make people cringe. And it's just a different style of comedy in a different – Tone um, that doesn't necessarily resonate with you. But that's only one aspect of the show, and that's the cool part. The other, another cool part is that the show does exist in the MCU, and there are some interesting and potentially big important things that have get went on just in this episode that could be setting things up or definitely leading towards things in the future of where the MCU is going. Um, the first thing I, I, I th- that I want to reference is the whole Emil Blonsky storyline, right, with uh, with Abomination. So she's representing him. He's up for parole. And long story short, and we did forget to mention that there's going to be spoilers about this episode, so better late than never. <laughs> spoilers for She-Hulk. Um So he gets paroled. So now Emil Blonsky, uh, the abomination, is out of jail, right? And he's been in jail for whatever it is, 13 years, 15 years, 8 years, I don't know how long, but a long time. So now we have this basically a Hulk-level figure character who is now out of jail and released back into the MCU. Yes, they did put a stipulation that he needs to wear some kind of a... um, What do they call it? Did Did I write it down? Uh... Uh, some kind of a device, an inhibitor—that's what it is—an inhibitor, an inhibitor device that prevents him from turning into the abomination. First, first question is: Do you think that that's even going to be a thing? You know, an inhibitor device—it could exist. But secondly, I mean, come on—is Emil Blonsky really going to walk around and not turn into the abomination?
1: I—I I don't know. I mean, I—you would think that he would like—they wouldn't really introduce a massive care character like that just to write him off like that, right? Correct. But I kind of hope that he doesn't because it was cool to see him in uh in Shang-Chi where he was fighting in the cage and everything. But I really liked the his side of the story because I don't think anyone really including me, it really thought of he was wasn't trying to be evil or anything. He thought he was going to be like Captain America and he wasn't. And so I sort of sympathize with him in that sense. Um, but yeah, I don't. I don't think he'll not be the abomination.
0: Well, let me uh, let me put this on the table then, uh, because I agree with you. I thought that was cool. A cool aspect of the character. Now either he's being completely disingenuous and he has every intention to go back out there and and wreak havoc, or yeah, he 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 was. He just following orders in The Incredible Hulk, right? He was going out to eliminate a threat, and he just followed the orders of what the, he was told to do. So it's an I think that's pretty cool. Um, a nice angle, like you said. Uh, but remember, one of the things that Phase 4 has done is it's done a pretty good job of introducing characters that could ultimately lead to the thunderbolts which is an announced movie to come out i believe gosh i don't have it in front of me but i think it's supposed to come out 2024 maybe um at any rate it's going to be the end i think of um of phase five so the thunderbolts we know is sort of like a suicide squad type of team where it's a team of anti-heroes or villains that are out to do the bidding of some government agency which i mean damage control is a lot bigger than a team of people cleaning up uh, junk in Spider-Man, right? Now they're, you know, they're a, an actual organization, government organization that runs this high-security prison. They have these almost like anti-Hulk weapons that we saw in Ms. Marvel, uh, rogue agents, and now they're talking about inhibitor devices. So there's a lot of potential ideas that are being introduced through these Disney Plus shows that... um that could have big ramifications. I mean, it, one of the big things about the X-Men and mutants is like an inhibitor type of thing to prevent them from using their powers, right? So, you know, the fact that they're talking about inhibitor devices and Bruce Banner has one that, that he wears to keep him from going into the Hulk and this and that, then you've got, I'm going to mess up her name, but um, the count, Countess Vanessa something or rather, the one that was in um, uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier, that you've got U.S. agent, she's approached um, Yelena, Right at the end of uh, at the end of Black Widow, she's out there putting together a team that is probably going to end up being the Thunderbolts. And now we have Emil Blonsky who is out running around the world. You don't think we're going to see a scene with those two uh, in it, and together her recruiting him. That's my point. Right is that uh, this show is setting up that possible dynamic, so you can see the seeds. That Marvel is, uh, is scattering to, to start growing for the future.
1: I think a lot's riding on the Thunderbolts. And I don't know how good it's going to be. I hope it's good. But, you know, US Agent wasn't. I wouldn't say that he wasn't welcome with open arms, but he. I haven't heard many people talking about him since a couple months after the show was gone. Right. And then, you know, Black Widow didn't really turn a lot of heads and neither did Hawkeye. So Yelena being in it might not have a huge draw. And then, you know, Emil Blonsky being potentially being in it. And I don't know how well She-Hulk's going to do in the long run and how much of an impression it's going to leave. Right. So if you have a bunch of characters that are put together that you aren't that the public eye isn't super excited about then i don't know what kind of draw it's gonna have unless it's like a really good show right
0: well i think that we have a lot to get to between now and the thunderbolts so you brought up u.s agent not really he hasn't really been referenced since um the uh the falcon and winter soldier story same thing with Le- 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 uh, elena she arrived uh, but but I, I would disagree in the fact that Elena is a is a hu- is hugely popular uh, character since she got introduced in Black Widow, um, so I think people are sort of pining for more of that character. Where she's going to show up, we have no idea because we really don't have that direction quite yet. Like we're used to through different phases of the MCU, but we're now moving into a middle phase. Right, Phase Five is is coming out. Um, I believe it starts officially with, uh, Ant-Man movie that comes out next, early next year. Um, so we've got, we've got a lot of stuff to go between now and Thunderbolt. So my point is just that this is another show that's uh, setting up storylines that can be explored in further properties. And it's all being done under the guise of a 30 minute, uh, what is it called? A 30 minute lawyer, um, weekly type of sitcom show. Uh, so I think that it's... um, I think it's going to be... I think it's going to be fun. I think it's going to be a, a, a fun thing to to witness, but we just have to be patient and watch where it's going. I'm enjoying watching where it's going through, <laughs> through She-Hulk, though. And one thing I wanted to bring up, wh- one of the things I enjoyed very, very much is Wong. And did you... I mean, what did you... I, I want to get to your thoughts on Wong in this, but it's another example of the show really existing in this universe where there's a shape-shifting elf running around, right, uh, defrauding people. And Wong is just popping in and out through his sling, sling circles into an office, into a parole hearing, quickly out of a parole hearing. Uh, what did you think about, about Wong uh, and their usage of,
1: of his cameo in this week's episode? Wong doesn't miss. He doesn't. I love Wong and every time he's in a project, I just I love it. It's awesome. It's funny. He's always so serious and monotone and even going back to Doctor Strange, he's just been such a fun character and I feel like he went from being so underappreciated and unrecognized early on to now everybody loves him. And He's like he's a he's becoming an MCU household name. Not only that, but he also
0: if you freeze if you freeze the show on um, on the screen of Nikki's phone, he also has a LinkedIn account, and in in the LinkedIn account, he has a mutual connection, which is with Bruce Banner. Which I don't know why, but I think that that's very funny that he would have a mutual connection with Bruce Banner. Uh, that means also that Bruce Banner has a LinkedIn account, <laughs> which I just find ridiculous. Like these these superheroes, these wizards, sorcerers—sorry—have LinkedIn accounts, right? I mean, so do they have the? I would love it if one of them would follow the Colby Cast on Twitter, right? Do you do they have a Twitter account? Um, but another funny thing under his LinkedIn account was that he has a work history, and it could and it showed his work history. And of course, the first thing, the present. He, he's listed as the Sorcerer Supreme on LinkedIn. And then the, the previous position was he was the librarian at comartage for 11 years. And then before he was the librarian at Camortage, um he was a target sales associate for nine years, <laughs> which I, I just find super, super funny. Um, so it seems like, like they show screens a lot in this in this show, right? Whether it's a, on a laptop or a phone or something like that, and there's always something funny. You like literally have to freeze it and see what's going on. In one of the news reports, it had a quote from uh, Titania, which we haven't seen since her courtroom um, uh, fight with She Hulk, and it said that her quote was, "I'm confident that my." lawyers will make this go away which is exactly what an influencer would say right In in this kind of a situation so um but let's talk about your your favorite subject megan the stallion because in the second um uh in the second storyline basically the the story b which was another funny part i thought when jen broke the fourth wall looked at the uh at the the screen and said way to go connecting story a and story b uh so there is a shape shape shape-shifting light elf from new asgard named runa and she ran around defrauding basically um the dumb dumb that works in the uh district attorney's office dennis bukowski and she was posing as Megan the stallion and he was suing her because he showered her with gifts. So then they go to trial and the way that they win is by getting Jen to go up and testify that the guy is just a, a nimrod and he's a dumb, dumb. And yes, of course he would think that he was dating um, Megan the stallion. The, f- the thing that, one of the things that made me laugh out loud with Megan the stallion is when they showed her in the courtroom and she's got a little fan. I don't know why that made me laugh so much. Is She's just sitting there and she does her thing with what she goes, ah, what, right? And she's got her fan. I just thought it was very funny. But, um, yeah, I'm just teasing you because I know you don't want to talk about, about this part of the episode.
1: I won't say anything bad about her. But I really don't like her and I... I feel like them bringing in just that, not just bringing her on to be like, to make a cameo or whatever that was, but that whole storyline just felt so unnecessary and such a waste of time. And I feel like it was a desperate attempt to seem like they're in with the public and they like, they know what the people like. And maybe i'm the one that's disconnected that's a very real possibility but i just it didn't it didn't work for me and i know that a lot of people don't think that it was very (laughs) not just funny but it was it was cringy it was bad and the end credit scene was just so like like come on your your budget your CGI budget was so small you can't give her any facial details but you're gonna spend time animating all that.
0: So okay, I don't usually talk about the CGI. The CGI to me is whatever. But here, here's the thing with the CGI. I don't think there's anything wrong with the CGI. I think that people are making a big deal about the CGI, but I don't think that there's something wrong with. Did Did you think that Smart Hulk looked like poor CGI?
1: No, because he had wrinkles on his face and actual skin that's exactly my point
0: the cgi is just as good on she hulk as it is on smart hulk i think the issue that people are having is her design it's the you mentioned it her hair is perfect it doesn't look right her skin is perfect it's just green it's it's just perfect there's no there's no wrinkles, there's really no details like on Smart Hulk, it's all, you know, b- gray and black whiskers and wrinkles. Of course cuz he's older and he's sort of stuck between Hulk and Banner. But Jennifer Walters is younger, she's a younger Hulk. She I think the issue that people are having is her design. So if they can change the design to make it look different, then maybe there's something out there. I don't think that there's as uh, much wrong with C- the CGI as 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 uh, being as being brought up, but either way, it's fine, you know. And the fact that <laughs> they went as ridiculous as they did with this whole Megan the Stallion storyline in this episode—if it were a six-episode show, then I would say like, yeah, we don't have room for those kind of funny little things. But it's not; it's nine episodes. It's a thirty-minute comedy, and it is exactly on brand for a 30-minute lawyer show to do something ridiculous like a story a, a B storyline in in this episode. I get it it didn't land with you and that's fine for the other reasons we've talked about earlier. Uh it's just your taste and I know it didn't land with uh, many people. It landed with me and I laughed and I laughed a lot, but I I laugh at everything, so. Um but moving on to the last scene of the uh of the show. And this is another thing that I think provides some big ramifications going forward. So Jen arrives back at her house, apartment, whatever it is that she lives at, gets out of the car, and she's in Jen Walters' form. She's not She-Hulk. She's attacked by a crew of basically Asgardian construction workers. Uh, First of all, this is a reference to a team called the Wrecking Crew in in the comics, which I guess are um, a recurring team of villains, and they literally are dressed like... Construction workers, and one of them has an enchanted crowbar for real in the comics, and there they are. That's the wrecking crew, and they attack Jennifer. She, she, you know, she turns into She Hulk. Fortunately, before anything bad happens, and she, you know, wipes up the asphalt with them because, of course, I mean, how are some magic crowbars going to take out a Hulk? Right? It's not. They're not going to. But one of the things I thought was most interesting was one of them tried to stab her with a syringe and a needle and try to get blood out of her and then when they ran away got into a car they referenced boss is going to be upset because they didn't get that blood well what is that telling us that there's somebody out there that is trying to get hulk blood why would they need hulk blood because they want to create more hulk type of characters right and we know from the comics that there are all kinds of different hulk characters out there right so are are we in for somewhere down the road uh, seeing other versions of the Hulk? And if we are, I hope so. I'm here for it. I think that would be cool. And also in one of the trailers or the commercials, it also did show a case being opened that had like two or three more syringes. So I think this is going to be something that's going to happen down the road where they're going to try to get some blood. Someone's after some Hulk blood, and I'm sure it's not going to be for good reasons uh what did you think about all that
1: i'll start with the positives cool interesting plot point. point three episodes in the third of the way through i think it's a little late to actually like show where the the plot of the show is and like the antagonist or whatever but i guess the lawyer show doesn't really need that exactly. right exactly See, I'm coming along. Second of all, talk about some A-list acting there from those construction workers. It's very reminiscent of the Hey, get 'em. Freeze from Miss Marvel. <laughs> and this is this is the, the bomb that I'm gonna drop. The MCU has not dropped two projects this bad in a row in my opinion, ever. I think this might be the lowest point for the MCU.
0: I can't disagree with you more.
1: I literally can't
0: disagree with you more because this is what this, in my opinion, my counterpoint to your point is this is different. This is not bad. This is not a bad show. You may think that the acting in that scene was a little bit cheesy, Sure. I mean, they had a glowing construction helmet. I mean, the whole thing is cheesy. That's what it's supposed to be, is cheesy. If you're trying to be cool and you come off cheesy, then that's that's bad execution. There's nothing that is executed poorly of this show. The, the comedy, while it might not be resonant for you, it's not bad writing. It's not bad execution. It's just different. WandaVision is the same way WandaVision was a brand new Different way of telling a story Of a a woman grieving Creating a town And creating it in a sitcom um, Universe Right That's very different Storytelling This is like polar opposite of that This is a half an hour comedy About a lawyer that can turn into a big green Hulk And while it may not be something that you're looking forward to every week, I respect that. I don't think that it's poor execution and I don't think that it's uh, I don't think that it's bad. So I respect your opinion totally. Uh, but I just think that it's different. And that's one of the things that they said they wanted to do on Disney Plus was give them the opportunity to try different things. So are we gonna continue to get different? Uh, what's it called Um, uh, uh, experiments with different types of shows maybe I don't know depends I guess on how successful they feel that they were Uh, but I just think that it's something that they're trying that is something different and you know and I respect the fact that you're not um, really enjoying it too much but I do think that uh, for me it's it's landing it's it's executing so Uh, Any final words, any final thoughts on She-Hulk before we move on to House of the Dragon?
1: It's so weird that I enjoyed Thor so much, and you didn't. And you're enjoying She-Hulk so much, and I'm not. And the reasons why I don't like She-Hulk are the reasons why you didn't like Thor, and the reason why I I like Thor is the reason you like She-Hulk. And it's, it's interesting... And I'm right and you're wrong.
0: <laughs> yes, clearly. Um, I, I think that you brought up a very good point with that. And I do want to provide one, one piece of clarification. I liked Thor. I liked like the second half of Thor. I thought the first half was just a little bit too silly. Uh, but y- you bring up a very good point. And I'm not going to try to re-say it the way you said it because you said it very well. Um, and we're not going to revisit Thor now because we're running out of time. But I, 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 I thought of that too. Like, I'm, I guess, I guess it's because I understood what She Hulk wanted to be going into it, and that's a half an hour comedy about a lawyer turning into a monster. And I guess I didn't understand what Thor was was supposed to be. Um, so maybe it's about expectations. I don't know. I try not to have expectations, but I do, um, I don't always succeed, I suppose. So bless you. Uh, but yeah, okay. So let's put let's uh, let's put a um, a pin in She Hulk for now. We'll come back to it next week after the next episode. Uh, but again, a great conversation, and I love hearing what you what you have to say in your perspective because it's it's uh, it's valuable and it's important. Um, but you know, I'll just sit here being wrong, and you can be right. That's fine. Uh, but House of the Dragon, you watch the first couple episodes. Uh, we're not going to do a whole breakdown. If you'd like to hear a breakdown on that, listen to episode fifty. Uh, because Ross Holliman and I did that for about an hour, and there was a lot to say. I have said everything I can really say about it, but I'm just interested to hear, how did you like the first two episodes of House of the Dragon?
1: I liked it a lot. It, it Right off the bat, it's very reminiscent of Game of Thrones. The The feel you get from it is the same exact feel you get from watching Game of Thrones, and it it's not as gruesome as Game of Thrones, especially how gruesome Game of Thrones was early on, but I have no doubt that it'll get there because this is about the Targaryens and the Targaryens it's like saying Bloody Mary in the Game of Thrones show. Saying that word doesn't... it puts out bad energy and people are terrified of the Targaryens because of the atrocities that they committed against so many different people and i have no doubt that we're going to see a lot of them
0: yes um well i don't I, I should say you 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 did watch game of thrones right you you finished all eight seasons before this before this show dropped so um i always find it interesting hearing people's opinions of house of the dragon that have watched all of game of thrones uh because I don't know anything about Game of Thrones except for some of the more popular things that you couldn't escape like Hodor and the red wedding and you know that and people were very angry at the last couple of seasons and that kind of stuff. So um I I I I find it interesting to hear people's opinions. So you're excited for more? You're uh, you're on board for for the show?
1: I am. It's it's one of those shows where I'm glad that I'm watching it one episode at a time Mm -hmm. because I binged Game of Thrones because there was a massive gap between the second to last season and the last season. So I started watching watching Game of Thrones like a year after the second to last season finished. And then by the time I completely watched it, which took months, and by the time the new season came out, almost a year had passed. Mm -hmm. So... It was a lot of Game of Thrones and it's it's a lot to take in, but one episode at a time is nice. And I I really like where the story's going and it's interesting to see where where this world is compared to where it will be in the future. And I didn't get to appreciate the prequels as much of Star Wars. So I feel like I'm getting to appreciate the prequels of this a little bit more because it's it's totally different because the whole time you're just thinking like oh my god they don't know what's gonna happen they don't know what's gonna happen I know what's gonna happen mm. and that's cool and it's interesting and I think that uh, the they're on they're on the right track
0: very good very good very good to hear um, so that's gonna do it I I think for for this episode and I did want to mention before we end off that if you hear this episode before. Tuesday of uh, the Tuesday after Labor Day. Don't know what date that is, but the Tuesday after Labor Day. Um, if you if you listen to this, the, the, you said it's the sixth. Okay, so if you hear this episode before September 6th, um, get over there on the Twitter and uh, enter a contest that we have. We have a giveaway go, going on. Um, we are celebrating the fact that we dropped our 50th episode on uh, this last Tuesday. And on the same day that we dropped the 50th episode, uh, we actually got our 100th follower. Uh, so we're super excited about that. That's, we've been hanging out in the 90s for a while, and now we cracked 100. So that's, uh, that's fun to see uh, some new people uh, popping up on the Twitter feed. And in order to celebrate that, uh, we have a giveaway. So we have some Star Wars stuff. Uh, we have um, a T-shirt and some Mando socks. We have a Darth Vader T-shirt, some Mando socks, Grogu stickers, and a uh, an enamel pin, a Funko enamel pin of Job of the Hut, uh, and all that is um, is up for a contest. And all you got to do is find the tweet. It's a pinned tweet on the ColbyCast Twitter feed, and uh, just retweet, like it, and follow the the ColbyCast on Twitter, and you'll be entered. And then on Tuesday. I will draw the uh, winner, uh, The I will randomize it somehow and on the internet and get a winner uh, for that prize pack and send it out to whoever wins. So if you hear this before uh, Tuesday the 6th, feel free to jump on Twitter and uh, and enter. Uh, we would um, love to see uh, what you guys have to say on Twitter and, and engage with you guys. Uh, so let us know what you think about all these things. We we'll talk about a lot of stuff on this episode. House of the Dragon, She-Hulk, uh, Last Jedi, uh, The Rings of Power, so... Yeah, let us know what you think. Uh, community is very important to this podcast. We we love the people that have come alongside of us and supported us throughout this these uh, fifty episodes, and now this will be fifty one. Um, and you know, we just uh, want to hear what you guys have to say too, and include you in this in this journey that we're all taking. So um, thank you all again. That's going to do it for this episode. Uh, so thank you for your support, and thank you for always. Um, being a part of this, uh, this fun experience. And, uh, thank you as always for listening to this episode of the Colby cast. You can find the Colby cast on Twitter and Instagram at the Colby cast. If you're wordy like me, you can send an email to the Colby cast at gmail.com. Please subscribe to the show and leave a review on your favorite podcast app or wherever you listen to podcasts. This podcast is not endorsed by anyone or anything, for that matter. It is intended for entertainment and informational purposes only. All original content of this podcast is the intellectual property of the Colby cast, unless otherwise indicated.
1: That'll do, donkey.
0: That'll do.